What's going on, guys and gals? It's 8-Bit Ray from the Gorilla Brain Podcast, and you are listening to the Geek World All-Star Podcast Network. Broadcasting very fast and very dangerous from the planet Malastare, you are listening to So Wizards. You are thinking, you said people gonna die? The only podcast to make the Kessel Run in under 12 parsecs. There'll be no one to stop us this time. What's going on, everybody? It is time for episode number 457 of the So Wizard podcast. I am your host, Joey DiCarlo, and with me, my co-hosts. She's back. The queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield. I'm good dog. <laughs> that was my, sorry, that was my best Russian accent. And the expert, Mr. Mark. Mark Ellis Rake. Yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. You. Are listening to So Wizard Podcast, where three friends discuss the world of nerd podcasting weekly on the Geek World All Stars Podcast Network. This week, we've got our review the first big movie of the summer. That's right, guys. It's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Before we get into all of that, how the hell is everyone doing this week? Aubrey Litchfield, we've missed you for two weeks. How are you? You know, I'm living the dream. I'm working two jobs. Um, Working as much as I can, so it's it's been it's been a hectic uh, couple weeks. Got more overtime coming up, so again I'll be working more <laughs> in the rents. All right, well we're glad you were able to make it with us this week. Uh, very nice to have you back. We missed you. I miss you guys every week. Aww, Marcellus Reagans, how are you? I am good. I'm good. Yeah, I don't have anything exciting. I've been working. <laughs> <laughs> trying to uh, get some more T-shirts logged onto the Tee Public site. Uh, a new sale will be starting soon, so there should be some new designs uh, up there when a sale starts this week. So um, depending on when you listen to the show, if it's right after Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 comes out, then definitely check out the Tee Public website, or at least check out our website and click on our Tee Public store. You should see some new cool designs up there. All right. Well, as for myself, I am uh, very tired today. I had to go to work today. What a what a ripoff, man. <laughs> wow. <laughs> What's that like? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't work for two weeks. So, <laughs> so the, the dark secret was that uh, I gave my two weeks at my previous job, number one. And because I was going to work for a competitor, in theory, they... Said it's okay. You don't have to work out your two weeks. You can just bounce, and we're going to pay you for the entire time. And I told my new job that I was starting, you know, when I had given my two weeks. So they were expecting me two weeks from then. So <laughs> it's like, okay. So I just went home and laid around and watched <laughs> movies <laughs> and slept until noon for two weeks. There you go. <laughs> how many movies did I watch? That's the question. Mark, guess, can you guess how many movies I watched over the last two weeks while I was not working at all? You mean how many movies during this two-week period or how many movies are you up to altogether? Well, how many during this two-week period? All right. During this two-week period, I'm going to say you watched, um, I'm going to say 10 movies. Nope. <laughs> Aubrey. Uh, 34. <laughs> That's a little high. Seems like a good number. (laughs) 
All right, so it's not 10, it's not 34. It's got to be somewhere in the middle. Uh, let's go with um, let's go with 22. That's a lot closer. It was 19 movies. Mm. In All right. <laughs> some of which were very bad, uh, and some of which were much better. And I'm going to save one for recommendations. But I did finish the Hell House LLC trilogy on Tubi. <laughs> Don't even know what that is. The first one is a found... Well, they're all found footage movies. The first one's actually pretty decent um it has some good scares and some creepy and and well done stuff i mean it's still the main characters do dumbass stuff like i I love you guys but if like for example and it's like spoilers for a movie nobody's gonna watch um they get waking up in the middle of the night by some noise and they go downstairs and there's like a clown mannequin they're basically they're setting up a haunted house at like a halloween haunted house you know what i mean like that you walk through okay but they're doing it at a place that's rumored to be haunted but surprise, it is haunted. Right. Um, but one of the things they had was like a mannequin that's dressed like a scary clown. And the guy like goes downstairs and it's just like standing there at the bottom of the stairs. And he's like, who fucking put this here? What the hell, man? So then he like moves it. But then it moves and like chases them around the house. But then like they just fucking the next day they're like, well, we're going to leave because this is scary. And the guy's like, no, don't leave. And they're like, oh, OK, we'll stay. <laughs> like, Fuck off. I'm out of here. I, don't, I love you guys. But we're going to chase around the house by creepy clowns. I'm fucking out of here. So um, but it, the movie's OK enough that it overcomes that. But the other two were just like really bad. And then the last one was like horrendous because it like all of a sudden tries to have all this lore about the haunted house. And it was just, like embarrassing. Thank God it was free. <laughs> yeah. I just got on a found footage kick. And guess what, guys? <laughs> There's not very many good found footage movies. <laughs> yeah, that's why that was a fad that died out relatively quickly. I just like the idea of it. It just like it. it's always bad. <laughs> <laughs> God, I don't know. I guess uh, I guess Blair Witch ain't walking through that door fans. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I watched 19 movies uh, in two weeks, which puts me up to... Okay, 95 for the wow. year. Wow. You're not even halfway through the year yet, dude. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm not going to push it. I, when I hit 160, I'm going to like back way off. Right. <laughs> Maybe watch some TV series and stuff. I'm due for a, another Evangelion rewatch, I think. <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's pretty much all that's been going on. You know, I started my new job today. It was pretty awesome. And uh, yeah, I watched an absolute fuck ton of movies. I didn't go to the movies, though, other than guardians like i i, I avoided it nice. <laughs> i wanted to i was gonna go see sisu i was thinking about that george foreman movie i haven't seen air yet but i think that's coming to amazon prime in like a week or so yep oh oh well that's enough of that though you know just just watching movies and relax and that's what i did for two weeks and now i'm like exhausted because i actually had to get up and go to work <laughs> but enough about us you know guys let's talk a little bit more about us Marcellus reagan's please Tell the listeners where they can find more So Wizard Podcast. All right. So everybody can head on over to SoWizardPodcast.com where you will find a brand new episode every week. You'll also find an occasional movie review from yours truly. You'll also find some reviews and some recommendations and interviews from the one and only Adam Wallyhawk. You'll also find our merchandise there. T-shirts, sweatshirts, stickers, coffee mugs all located in our T Public store. You'll also find our social media links there. We have Facebook, Twitter, 
Instagram, TikTok. So definitely get at us. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a five-star review while you're there, if you can. Uh, you can find our podcast wherever podcasts can be found. And that's including the Stitcher Radio app, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Good Pods. We have a YouTube page with new content premiering there regularly. So definitely check that out. We have a Patreon page where you can support the show. And for as little as a dollar a month, you will receive exclusive content year round. Shout out to all of our buddies in the Geek World All-Stars podcast and network. Back to you, Joey. No, I didn't. First of all, a podcast takes a lot of work, okay? You have to organize the guests. You have to do a Google calendar. And then you build a following. It takes a long time. And I've been working on it for a while. Okay? All right. We're going to take a quick break. And we'll be right back with our review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Together, we can make a difference. That's been the sign-off for everything livestream for the cure related ever since the event began back in 2017. Hello everyone, my name is Nick and I am the host of the live stream for The Cure, an annual charity event to raise money for the Cancer Research Institute for immunotherapy research for a world immune to cancer. And over the past six years, we've made that difference together. Amazing listeners, amazing viewers, amazing podcast partners and content creators all coming together and we've raised over $70,000. But this year, we're going to make our biggest difference to date, and we're going to raise $25,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. Tune into the event at twitch.tv slash livestream for the cure starting May 18th, as we're joined again by podcast partners and content creators from around the world to help the Cancer Research Institute crush cancer. Together, we will make a difference. And we are back. All right, guys, we all had a chance to head out to the movie theater. See the latest entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the first big movie of the summer. That's right, it's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. As always, we're going to start with our non-spoiler impressions. We'll talk a little bit about going to the movies, what we thought of the movie, but without spoilers. So if you haven't seen it yet, you'll at least know what we thought. And the, you can bounce. The rest of you stick around because Mark Ellis will then drop the drop, delineating spoilers. And we will talk much more in depth about the movie. But to get started, Aubrey, you haven't been here for two weeks. How was your trip to the movies? You know, it actually wasn't too bad. We we went to the drive-in. It was the first time for for Noah and Max's son Kyle to go to the drive-in. So uh, I thought it would be a fun experience. So we went to the drive-in, and it was it was actually pretty nice because they have food and stuff there, and the food isn't too bad. They have like hamburgers and stuff. So we we got our hamburgers and. Uh, snow cones and everything we set up outside the car got ready to watch the movie and then like towards the end of the movie for the last half hour or so there was some kid crying like two cars down from us and he cried for a half hour at least and max was sitting in the car and me and the boys were outside the car and of course max switches with one of the boys and he hears the kid crying and he's like shut up <laughs> 
<laughs> the kid's parents immediately, like, they left this kid crying outside the car for a half hour. They were inside the car. The kid was outside the car. Wow. And so Max tells the kid to stop crying and to shut up. And then all of a sudden, the parents come out and take the kid inside the car after we listen to him cry for a half hour. So that was that was about the only thing that happened at the movies. But other than that, it was a pretty good experience. Well, I've never been to a drive-in movie before. Sounds crazy, right? Because I'm old. So you would <laughs> think I at least went to one. Mark, when did you move uh, out around here? Uh, it was 85, 1985. Did you ever go to a drive-in movie around here? Not around here, no. The only drive-ins I went to were in Chicago. Okay, there used to be one in Chicopee where... This is going to be super exciting for our listeners in like Australia <laughs> where we talk about a town 15 miles from here. But <laughs> um, there used to be one in Chicopee where uh, BJ's and stuff is. Okay. So it's like there used to be one like right there. I never went. I don't know why. I don't know. I think the closest one to you guys now is like, uh, is it in Steventown? It's or, um, Sand Lake. I think it's in Sand Lake. I, I can't be too close. I don't even know what the fuck those towns are. <laughs> and they're in New York. I don't even know if Ugh. there's one in Mass. Yeah. There's one in Connecticut uh, down by where Pina Comics lives, if it's still open. But, sorry, excuse me. The Pint colon a pop culture podcast. <laughs> anyway, I'm glad that your time at the drive-in was not bad. But Markellis, how was your trip to the movies? Because you went early. I saw it pop up on Letterboxd pretty early while I was not working. <laughs> yeah, I did go pretty early. Uh, this... This is one of the first times because, you know, we just did our 10 movie marathon, 10 movies in a row. And, you know, as we talk about on the show, it's always tough to try to make time to to squeeze. Well, not always tough, but it, sometimes there, it, there's a little bit of a challenge to get the movie in before we record that week's episode. So this one for, for Guardian, this is one of the first times in a long time that I'm like, my weekend was pretty packed and my window to go see this movie was really, really tight. So the only time that I could have made it to go see it was on Thursday. Um, so it didn't even feel like, you know, like normally for an MCU, like an MCU movie on a Thursday night is like a typical nerd, like rite of passage. You know what I mean? Marvel drops a movie. You go see it the first screening you can. So seeing it on a Thursday night is nothing new. But this week, I'm like, man, I have so many other things going on. This doesn't feel like, oh, I'm going to go see a new Marvel movie on a Thursday night. This is like, I have got to squeeze this in. <laughs> like, this is going to be really freaking tight this week. Pod uh, before life. <laughs> so, yeah, this is the only window that I had to go see it was on Thursday night. And it was cool because, you know, you could see it with the true fans. I ran into uh, Jeff Carter. The reason why I'm, I podcast, the man that's indirectly responsible for me podcasting for. That's right. This guy, it's his fault. We should send him the bill for all the movies we have to go to. <laughs> yep. It's all Jeff Carter's fault. Uh, so I ran into him. I talked to him a little bit uh, before the theater. We were, we were going to different screenings. Um, I decided to, because this was a Thursday night and it was a big Marvel movie and they were premiering it in 3D, that I would check out the 3D showing of it. Because James Gunn is, he's a pretty visual director. Um, and, you know, last 3D, the last 3D movie I saw was Avatar. So I'm like, you know what? If they put it out in 3D, I'm going to check it out in 3D. And it actually looked pretty cool. There's a lot of cool, like, tricks that they do, and it was very immersive. I'm not sure if it's better in 3D than it is in 2D, but, uh, you know, they, they put it in 3D to make it immersive, and it really worked for this movie. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed the visual aspects of the 3D screening. 
awesome was the crowd like rowdy and fun or was it quiet no the thing is if you uh if you put guardians of the galaxy in like eight theaters <laughs> and you know three of those theaters are like 3d xd like the real expensive ones most people are going to go to the cheaper ones you know what i mean like <laughs> like no one's gonna there's a handful of people that would be in the xd theater which is just like imax big screen there's even a lesser crowd that's going to be in the XD 3D theaters and probably a lesser crowd in just like regular 3D. So, you know, it wasn't sold out. It wasn't like crazy. Um, it was probably about three quarters of the way filled. So I didn't get the the rousing MCU like crowds that uh, you usually associate with a Thursday night screening. Yeah, I think the last time I legitimately went to the theater and the crowd was absolutely fucking nuts was when me and the kids went uh, opening night of Endgame. It was just and I mean, we've all seen the videos on YouTube of crowd reactions and stuff, but that's that's it's not a lie. Like, that's what it was like. People were out of their fucking minds. <laughs> the movie was going on because it was all nerds and we were all having communal experience. But it's been a while. And and you're right, Mark. It's it's really and we like to joke about it. But the the pod before life uh, stuff that we joke about, it, it's true. Like, you got to fit it in when you can. <laughs> We got to get this in. We got to watch it. We got to be ready to record in three days. So (laughs) and it's not like everyone else puts pod before life. Everybody else just has a life. We we have to try to accommodate their life. Awesome. So I went to the movies uh, to see this and I went to uh, Hadley, Massachusetts and uh, went to our our Cinemark movie theater. And I've, I've been there a lot. That's kind of like the theater we go to. Um, we had to work around the kids' schedules, so uh, we went Saturday at 4 p.m. I was a little nervous because opening weekend of a big movie in the middle of the day on a Saturday, I'm like, this is going to be bad. And it was packed, but it wasn't super packed. Mm-hmm. And there was people in the same row as us for some reason. Again, people in this, they went, didn't sit next to me, but there were people in the same row as us. And I noticed when we were waiting through like Nuvie and the trailers, they were talking a lot. And they were on their phones a lot. And I looked over and I'm not joking, you guys. They were the same group of fucking people (laughs) that were in the movie Scream 6 and talked through the whole fucking movie. (laughs) The same group of fucking people. So if you are a group of uh, people that live in the Hadley, Massachusetts area, like to go to Cinemark and talk through the whole movie and fart on your phones, fuck off. (laughs) Stop going to the movies. Awful. I understand. All right. People are going to be on their phones and talk through the, like the trailers and the commercials and stuff. Right. I get it. Not everybody's fucking nuts like me and wants to see the trailers and everything every single time. Fine. When the movie starts, shut the fuck up. Right. So mad. I was mad because I knew it was them. So it made me angrier. And then they were fucking talking. And I, I the first time. All right. So I was like, I'm giving them two chances before I fucking lose my mind. And I went, shh, <laughs> like really loud. <laughs> There's no way they didn't know it was us because we were sitting in the same fucking row as them. And they they quieted down for like 10 minutes and they started fucking talking again. Wow. And I was like, shh. I like fucking lost it. I was like, ah. And and then they, they were quiet for the rest of the movie. I was this close to. You having... need to bring. You need to bring Max with you to the movie. He'll tell him to shut up. <laughs> well, I was. I, I wanted to give him three chances, you know, so that they're going to. They talked again. I was going to tell him to shut the fuck up. But they didn't. So I was like, all right, we'll be quiet now. The guy. Because uh, I couldn't, I could not believe it was the same people that were talking in the movie theater like a few months ago at the same movie theater. <laughs> oh my god, what's wrong with people? So I was, I was pretty heated. So that kind of put me in a bad mood, like to start the movie. But you know, they shut up, thank God. So 
I was glad because I didn't want to deal with that. And and I got my kids with me and like, yeah, my kids are older, but I have my kids with me. And I need to be like throwing hands in a fucking Cinemark movie theater right. <laughs> in front of my kids. So, um, yeah, so that was that was just it. That's what really annoyed me. I mean, everything else was fine. The crowd was fine other than they laughed, they cheered, they cried at the right parts other than these one group of people who seem to like to talk and fart around their phones the whole movie. So, yeah, it really pissed me off. Uh. <laughs> but... We had a good time at the movies, it seems like. So now we got to talk about what we thought about the movie. Obviously, non-spoilers. So, Aubrey Litchfield, what did you think? Um, I feel like I need to see it again because everybody's reaction seems to be like thinking that this is the best Guardians of the Galaxy movie. And I just don't really see it. I don't I don't think it's bad by any means. I just don't know if it's the best. So I feel like I need to see it again, but I didn't dislike it. <laughs> okay. That's some pretty faint praise. <laughs> I know. Is it special in its own way? <laughs> it's just, um, you know, it's different. It's different from the other Guardians movies. And I just, I don't know how I feel about it. I guess I, I like it, but I, I don't know. All right. Um, Marcellus Reagans. You know, I... Agree with Arby in some aspects. This movie definitely deserves a second watch. Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Um, I didn't jump aboard the James Gunn Guardians train right away. Uh, I love the first one. I love the second one. The beginning of this one, it took a while to pull me into it. Um, I wasn't like quite, I don't know, for some reason, I just wasn't connecting to the characters, to the story. Um, it just wasn't clicking for me. And then about halfway through is when... I started to it it started to really like not make sense, but it really started to feel like it, it found its its voice and its purpose. And then after that, I was totally down for the ride. Then it just became super enjoyable. But I think it, it does start off a little rocky. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. I thought I thought it was really good. I thought it's an amazing conclusion. If you're a Guardians of the Galaxy fan, I think this is an amazing conclusion to this group of Guardians. All right. What about the rise of the Guardians? Is a conclusion to that as well? <laughs> Is that what Jack Frost said? Uh, yes. <laughs> I, I've never seen that, but man, that movie is popular. That's a cult classic in some circles, and I'm not quite sure why. I, I've never seen either, but I've seen people like cosplaying characters from it and like mm-hmm. absolutely out of their minds. It looks like absolute shite to me, so I don't know. What but hey, I mean, I, I watch a lot of weird stuff. So. Yeah, I know, right? What was the the freaking found footage trilogy that you just finished watching? <laughs> Hell House LLC <laughs> to you, mister. <laughs> right. The first one was all right, okay? Quiet. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what did I think of it? I absolutely loved this movie from start to finish. Uh, arguably the best movie of the year so far. We'll have to see. I don't know. I got to go back and forth with... Uh, John Wick chapter four, but I thought this was fucking fantastic from start to finish. Just uh, like a complete wrap up of everything with those characters. It left everything in a great place and uh, everybody got their moment to shine. and Everyone paid off and it was very emotional. And I just thought it was a fucking great movie, man. I I absolutely loved it. So (sighs) we're all over the place again, guys. What is going on here? We, We stopped agreeing on things. Maybe you can stop being a Marvel shill for an episode. And uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, girl. <laughs> Don't make me throw an Eternals DVD at you. 
I hated the Eternals, just so you know, Mark. Just so uh, you know, I know, I know. I'm just kidding. Even with Jim Chan in it, I'm like it's that, that's saying a lot. <laughs> it must have been really bad. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the only way to continue talking about this is to spoil it. So now Mark Ellis is going to drop the drop, and we're going to start spoiling Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. If you haven't seen it, bounce. Come on back when you finish it. The rest of you stick around. Let's talk spoilers. Uh, I've got some spoilers. One clear spoiler. Yeah, Here's a spoiler. You will die alone. <laughs> All right. We're going to start with Mark, and we're going to ask you for some things that you liked about the movie. All right. Things that I liked about the movie. I liked the high evolutionary, if that's his name. Uh, I liked his yes. plan. I liked his... I liked his villainous plan to like make uh, a perfect society. Uh, I thought that was actually, I mean, it's, it's basic, but he pulled his, the character pulled off his, um, his goals pretty well, um, or at least his intentions pretty well. Uh, the fact that he went to earth and he was amazed by how different pieces of music or different instruments working together to make one beautiful piece of music. And since Guardians of the Galaxy is very music-based, um, I thought that was really interesting, that music was kind of like the key to him wanting to, for lack of a better word, create a new universe or create a new world. Um, and music being a super part of Guardians uh, from the beginning, I thought that was actually awesome. I liked Counter-Earth. <laughs> I thought that was actually pretty funny. Uh, I wish you could have spent a little bit more time with other characters other than the um, that one family. Um, but I thought that was actually pretty cool. Uh, I enjoyed the one F-bomb that we got. Uh, that was actually, because I knew it was coming. I didn't know what in what capacity it was going to be. And when it popped up, I thought, oh, that, that was actually pretty funny. So I actually laughed at that part. It's the first F-bomb in the entire MCU. Yeah, yeah, and it, it makes sense that it would be in this movie. And you hear something like that, you're like, oh, God, it's going to be like, you know, something bad, like Deadpool or something. But no, it was actually like a, a, a funny punchline to a joke. So I thought that was actually good. I like that uh, they somehow found a way to get Michael Rooker back <laughs> for a scene. So like, oh, I liked him in the last movie. It's too bad he's gone. And then he shows up for a scene. I'm like, oh, okay, that's nice. There's one scene where... The high evolutionary is just losing his shit, right? Nothing is going right. And then all of his henchmen, like his entire team, all turn on him. And they're like, all right, you are crazy. We've had just about enough of you. And then he's just like wipes them all out. And I thought that was actually pretty cool. It's nice to see the villain get so out of control that even your closest people around you are like, all right, dude, you're you're, you're losing your shit. You're, you, you, we can't have you go on. Uh, so that I thought was cool. And then the final thing is there is a a hallway fight scene that is probably one of the best directed scenes that James Gunn has ever done ever. It is visually staggering. And it's one of those things where you, you know, Zack Snyder does this thing where he likes to do slow motion for like all of these scenes. And, you know, that's his thing. You know, it didn't, I can understand his, the reason why he wants to do it. The way that James Gunn does it in here is it's like, like chef's kiss. He totally makes it feel like you are watching a comic book that like you can pause those scenes. And that is a comic book panel, uh, like in real life. And it looks so good. I was like, wow, I, he must've been saving this for years. Cause that whole sequence was really, really cool. So 
definitely one of the best scenes in any of the Guardians movies and probably one of the best scenes in the MCU, I would say. But yeah, that's about it. That's pretty much all of the things that I liked about it. That's it, huh? Uh, Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Aubrey, you had a very low opinion of this movie, so we're going to pull it out of you. Give us some things you liked. I, I like how Craglin finally, you know, gets an attempted to use the arrow. I thought there was a lot of nice, like, uh, bittersweet endings to a lot of people's stories in a sense. Like, Peter goes back and sees his grandfather who's still alive, and it turns out, like, he's got all these pictures of Peter on the wall and has missed him this whole time. I think that's really sweet. Gamora seems really happy with, um, why can I not? I keep wanting to call them Reavers, and <laughs> I know they're not Reavers. Ravagers. 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 <laughs> so, the Ravagers. It, it's, it's really nice how, um, Gamora, you know, finally finds her family with the Ravagers. Even Nebula seems to be somewhat happy with, with the little family that she has made for herself. You get to see Rocket's backstory, and that kind of uh, softens him a little bit, I feel like. And it just, it, it's a very, it's a very sweet message overall. And, and it was a very good ending. I think I'm, I'm just sad to see it go. I'm really hoping to see more of Cosmo in the future because <laughs> I love Cosmo. All right. All right. Um, well, you guys are uh, kind of down on this, I guess, a little bit. Uh, what? You know, I that was a whole bunch of things that we liked about it. How is that down? I don't know. I don't know. I you guys just don't <laughs> seem so enthusiastic about it. I'm just confused. You know, you guys aren't Marvel shills. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joey. What did you like about it, Joey? All right, starting from the top. Oh man, I uh, I love these characters, and we've all grown to love these characters over nine years. Yeah. Uh, and a bunch of appearances and, and we built up a huge affinity for them. And like, um, it was just amazing to get one last adventure with all of them. And they like Aubrey, so they all got their endings. So whether it was happy or somewhat sad or, or whatnot, they all got their endings and it all felt pretty satisfying. I will say it felt pretty satisfying with maybe one exception that I'll get into later, but they all felt pretty satisfying. I loved the new characters we got. High Evolutionary is probably one of the best villains in the MCU. Uh, and not specifically because he, you know, like I would say that Killmonger is probably a better villain story and like acting wise. Mm -hmm. But you empathize with Killmonger. Like the whole crux of Black Panther is that you can almost come around and see where he's coming from. Right. Whereas with High Evolutionary, you just want this guy to die. <laughs> you are like, fuck this guy, throw him out of the spaceship. Anything you got to do, like, get, let this guy get his comeuppance. So it was nice to see them finally just be like, this guy is awful. He's evil and you're going to hate him. <laughs> and I can't pronounce the actor's name, but I thought he did a really good job. He had some really good lines. I love that sequence where. Uh, Peter and Groot go to a ship and he's typing and he has his finger up. Yeah. It was just so assholish. <laughs> it's like, it just made you hate him even more. <laughs> you as the yeah, audience. And he played a really good douchebag. <laughs> yeah. Cause you, you as the audience are like, okay, we want the confrontation. And he's like, well, I'm busy. So you're just going to have to fucking wait. 
it, they just did a great job in just one movie of building him up as a villain like you would crawl through the screen yourself to choke the life out of him. So uh, that was good. I loved uh, Rocket's backstory. I thought it was very bittersweet and it was sad and it was amazing at the same time. Uh, I don't know. It might have been rough for a couple people out there, but for me, I just thought it was very sad. I thought all of the characters showing a lot of range of emotion and a lot of their journey where like Peter's really upset about Rocket. Uh, Nebula showing that she was upset about Rocket was like a lot of buildup from the last like nine years of different movies and stuff they were in together, you know. They were the only two members of the team that survived the snap. So, you know, they definitely had a friendship. She gave him an arm in the holiday special. I just love that all the characters get their moments to shine basically throughout the movie. I thought all the action was fun. I loved all the cameos. Nathan Fillion. Uh, yeah, the- his whole scene was really fun, funny when they were like, yeah, I got one of those. <laughs> uh, Nathan Fillion and then uh, Linda Car- Cardinelli as uh, Lila the Otter. I thought did a great job voice acting. I thought everything with the, the animals was just heartbreaking, but it was so well done. And then it gives you the fist pump moment. At the, it earns the fist pump moment at the end when he lets he saves all the animals. <laughs> Because I was like, you're not, you can't, like, because he's walking away. I'm like, oh, you can't, you can't leave those animals there. What are you doing? Like, this is going to be like the worst movie ever. Like, we're going to have to leave the theater crying. He's going to let all these animals burn to death. But they saved them all, which was great. And of course, he knew they were going to. But I really liked Adam Warlock. I think they were kind of painted in a corner with him because they revealed him in a after credit scene before Infinity War. <laughs> So they kind of had to uh, pay that off. And I think they did as good a job as could be expected. Uh, I thought he had a good arc that was somewhat parallel to Cosmo and Nebula and Racket Raccoon, where he was almost treated like a pet. He was an experiment like they were. And then, you know, he finally comes into his own at the end of the movie and, and is able to break his programming and kind of see that he might have a place somewhere that's not what he was as a goofball, just following orders. So, I mean, I love that character. In the comics, there's just no way that to translate him to the screen how he was in the comics because we his ma- his biggest storyline is the Infinity Gauntlet's already been told, so they had to figure something else out for him. And it kind of goes back to his roots when he first appeared. He wasn't Warlock; he was called Him, and he was a person that was created to be the perfect human. Okay. So and he was kind of like a little goofy and stuff. So uh, it kind of paid off to the old old comic storylines. But if you were looking for Adam Warlock in a flowing cape and swirling in with the infinity gauntlet and blah, 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 that that wasn't going to happen. I could have told you that just from watching the trailer. So I, I love counter earth. Like Mark said, I thought that was funny. I couldn't believe they killed it all though. Yeah. They destroyed that entire planet. That was pretty tough and badass at the same time. Cause you have to think about it. Like we spent the time with, I don't know, like the little girl that drags hit with a ball or right. the family. We just had a fun jokey time about the couch and sitting down in their house. They're dead. Yeah. They're all dead. Like uh, high evolutionary did not give a fuck. <laughs> just like, all right, kill everybody. He just didn't care. Uh, it was nice to see that. Cause like I said, there was no redeeming qualities about him at all. It was just like, this guy sucks. Uh, I'll agree with you. The final f- battle in the hallway was amazing. You know, uh, they had a bunch of fake outs and I was so sure somebody was going to die in this movie. Yeah. My only hope was that it was not Nebula, but otherwise I, I didn't want anybody to die. But that's my favorite of all of them. So I didn't want her to die. But, uh, man, they uh, they they faked you out a bunch of times. <laughs> I really thought Peter was going to die at the end. Aubrey, did you think that was it for Star-Lord? 
Yeah. My whole group that went thought that we were all convinced that was the end. His face was all big and everything. Yep. Mark, did you think that was it for Peter Quill? Oh, yeah. I was like the balls of James Gunn to kill off the main character. (laughs) I'm thinking of all of the Disney execs looking at all of the action figures and merchandise that are just going to be disappearing now that they've killed off the main guys. I was like, man, this is that's pretty ballsy. I was really impressed. But they didn't do it. Adam yeah. Warlock saved them. <laughs> and they saved all the animals and, and everything was happy at the end. Everybody got their their own ending. Uh, I agree, Aubrey. I loved Craglin. Uh, he first uses the arrow and it just bounces off Adam Warlock. He's like, somebody just throw a stick at me. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh, but he finally gets to use it. And, you know, everybody just got their their ending that they deserved, I think. And and that, that was what it made up for me. So it was like nine years of loving these characters. And it ends on a, a great note. So, but there has to be things that we didn't like about the movie. So, Marcellus Reagans, please tell us something that you didn't like about this movie. Yes, yeah, so I'm scared. I'm, <laughs> no, as I mentioned before, uh, it just took a while to start. I didn't. I wasn't that in, enthralled with Adam Warlock showing up out of nowhere and you know him getting Rocket and the whole Rocket dream sequence. I'm like, wait, is this going to be like the Book of Boba Fett where? He just lays on a table, and then we get his backstory for like the entire movie. So, yeah, like, he didn't get up and go into town, talk to someone, walk back, and that was the end of the episode. It <laughs> lays back down. Uh, so yeah, I didn't. Um, it, it took me a while to get into it. So that that was one of my drawbacks. Even the giant scene, the scene where they go into the corporation to get the file with Nathan Fillion. Like I just. I was not invested in any of that at all. It, it it didn't really do anything for me other than Star-Lord's like um his like always trying to be one step ahead, like him coming up with a plan on the, you know, flying by the seat of his pants and it's somehow working out. That I thought was cool, but that whole sequence I'm like this is just not happening for me. I, I'm not feeling this at all. Some of the scenes with the creatures with, you know, they look like animals that are in some kind of like Saw movie with like all of these things. I'm like, this is not what am I watching? What is this? Like, it it felt like like Babe or Pig in the City or something like I I was just not into it at all. And I'm watching the movie going, okay, I know this is going to pay off. I know this is all leading somewhere. But being in the middle of it now, I am not enthralled it's not doing anything for me and i really didn't think the jokes were that funny there's like i would say probably maybe 10 percent of the jokes actually land and the other 90 percent, i'm just like wah 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 like drax on a couch it's dumb at least i i didn't think it was funny so i i thought it was funny i had a huge issue with the the humor in this movie and then the last thing is, you know, they make such a big deal about Peter going to Earth. Maybe, you know, and this probably isn't the movie's fault. This is probably my fault. But I would think that the the way that they're being so intense towards Peter going back home or going back to Earth gives you the gives you the idea that he hasn't been to Earth at all. Like this whole time. Like he's been Star Lord and flying around and being, you know, a hero, and he's yet to go back to Earth. You know, to see his family or or reconnect or get any of his earthly, you know, touch base at his earthly home. And he hasn't gone to see any of his family. He hasn't connected, but he's been to Earth like a couple of times. 
Yeah, but only for like a small amount of time. Yeah, you would think, oh, hey, look, I'm back on Earth. I'm going to dip over to my granddad's house real quick. But he he said earlier in the movie he didn't want to see him because she's like she shows him the picture and he's like, I don't want to see him. They didn't. They, I don't they, I'm done with that. I don't right. want to go back to Earth. I don't want to see him. Right. I get that. That was all part of a very traumatic experience of his life. And he doesn't want to relive that part. But man. I was like, again, this probably is the movie's fault. It's probably my fault. But I'm like, he's been to Earth. Like, people are acting like he hasn't been here. And he has. He was there for like 45 minutes one time and he fought Thanos, his army. And then he went home after Tony's funeral the next day. (laughs) Still, he was there. He was there for less than 24 hours. (laughs) And he had to save the world after coming back from being dusted. What do you want him to do? Go to a fucking mall? Go check out Walmart? Yes. (laughs) I want him to be like, holy shit, I'm on Earth. Let me get some more tapes for my broken cassette player. Or let me download some new. Let me see what the new Zoom thing is like. Something, anything. But again, that's not the point of the story. He's avoiding a very traumatic experience. That part I get. But to me, it just felt like they were making such a big deal about him coming back home. And I'm like, he's been home. It's that's not that's not that crazy. Um, and then the last thing is, uh, um, how many times do we have to see a Chris Pratt movie with uh, No Sleep Till Brooklyn playing as <laughs> as there's a big action sequence that's about a to heavily happen? Heavily edited No Sleep Till Brooklyn, just so you know. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like we just had this experience about a month ago with No Sleep Till Brooklyn. It's uh, tough because I know you're in the same boat. I, I could You could drop a line and I could do that entire album off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> so when it's edited, it like fucks me up. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, shout out to the Beastie Boys for making that money in the year 2023. But, yeah, that's pretty much it. I just, I, again, I said, like, with Aubrey, uh, another viewing would probably be recommended for me. Um, but I just thought it was, the beginning was just okay, and it didn't pick up until the end. All right, Aubrey Litchfield, what do you got? Yeah, I I could have, I, I don't know. It, it, it's, they, like Mark said, the humor didn't hit as much as it did with the past um too for me it 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 was okay but it it didn't feel genuine i also don't really like mantis being star lord's sister that that really creeped me out during the not creeped me out i didn't it didn't sit well with me in the christmas special and then they kind of moved it to this one and i wish they hadn't because i just think it's stupid I also wasn't invested in Adam Warlock, and I know that they were up Shit's Creek without a paddle. They had to have him in there, so and I get it. But he kind of ruined it a little bit for me because he just—he was so misplaced. I could have done without him, and he probably could have come. And it didn't like, even if he had a smaller role in the movie, it might have been a little bit better. But he just kind of kept coming back. I was really sad when they killed that little creature's ravager. And then, but then he kind of takes him over and that was kind of cool. But I don't know. I just, I didn't feel invested in this one at all. I didn't feel invested in the storyline. It was, it was very sweet and it was a good story. That's why I think I need to see it again because I'm obviously missing something. And maybe that was because I saw it at the drive-in and there was that kid crying for, a half hour, he probably distracted my brain from what was going on. Um, but yeah, I, I also, I kind of wish that Gamora just stayed dead. Because <laughs> <laughs> it just, I don't like anything that, I don't like the way that she was written in this. It was just, 
when she makes that comment about Peter Quill being in love with Nebula, I didn't like that whole scene. That was very, very cringy. I hated it. I wished it never happened. And I just wasn't invested in Gamora being in this movie again. I really wish that they just moved on from that. And she was dead and gone. And that was it. It's very mean. (laughs) (laughs) It's what I'm here for. Well, I was hoping Peter was going to hook up with Nebula by the end of the movie. But, you know. Oh, no. I would have really hated that. Nope. Nope. Veto that. Anyway, uh, what did I not like about this movie? I'm going to say something somewhat controversial, I guess. And I got to tell you, I just wasn't feeling it for the music in this one. Hmm. I just I I don't know why, but maybe I think we've moved with these characters. We've moved past the point of needing wacky, awesome mix soundtrack. Maybe this just wasn't the movie for it. It's a movie mostly about animal torture, so <laughs> we didn't need a wacky uh, soundtrack. It just, or maybe it's just the era they picked the songs from. Obviously, you know everybody's heard uh, in the meantime by Space Hog. That was a big one-hit wonder. And um, I'm trying to think of some of the. I mean, I like them using the Beastie Boys song. I understand Mark, it's overplayed, and yeah, it was edited, but I like the idea of that. And just that's really bad. Was there any other songs that really stuck out? I mean, they came back. They did. Um, they started with Creep. Yeah, they yeah. did a weird version of Creep. Yeah, I actually didn't mind that. I mean, and now, I mean, there's probably seven songs in the movie, and now I'm saying five, four of them were fine. <laughs> but I do like Crazy on You by heart. That's probably one of my favorite heart songs. Uh, it's no alone, but <laughs> and it's definitely no these dreams. But anyway, um, <laughs> well, you know, what, about? The, the thing, because I, I own both of those like 45 records. Um, the thing about the music is that it, there it's in the other two movies. It's done so well, like the needle drops are so pitch perfect um, that if it doesn't quite get there, it feels like a disappointment. I wonder if it's because those first two movies were Peter's story. This movie is almost entirely Rocket's story, and Rocket doesn't have a connection to the Zune and the music and the stuff like that. Well, no, the, so, the movie starts with Rocket singing the the lyrics to Creep, so they, I think yeah. they did kind of shift it towards Rocket's musical taste, I guess. I guess, but I don't know. I just didn't feel the, the soundtrack. Like, the second one, the first one, I was just like, they were so good, and you're right. They were so good. They were so well done. Is there that opening scene in the very first movie when you're like, what is this movie really going to be like? Right. And it flips to him dancing to come and get your love right. is legitimately perfect. <laughs> it's, it, it's as close to perfection as movie making can get. And that's probably somebody's going to make fun of that now, but I don't care. Um, I think it's, it's amazing. One of the best openings to a movie ever. Um, there was nothing like that in this. There was nothing right. <laughs> like came even close to, to, to mix or when, um, Yandu's killing all those people on the spaceship. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that kind, that kind of mix with the movie and the visuals and the sound never happened in this movie, and it was really disappointing. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just that era of music that they picked. That '90s, you know, '90s, 2000 doesn't. Well, I don't know because there's plenty of goofy, fun, dumb dance, pop, whatever songs they could have picked. But I don't know. Just it didn't yeah, seem to land I, I agree with you. I see. I know what you're talking about it didn't it wasn't as uh action 
It, it wasn't like put your fist through the wall kind of music. Yeah, I, just, I don't know. It just didn't seem to, to land for me for some reason. I don't know why. I don't really have an answer for that. It's just a personal thing. I'm sure there might be somebody out there that's a huge Space Hog fan, and they're just like, hell yeah. You know, Liv Tyler or something is really excited, but um, but it just didn't land for me, really. Um, I, I kind of agree with Aubrey about Gamora. I don't mind that she's there. Um, it's just... I don't, and, and they flat out told you in Endgame when they're trying to understand time travel and they're just like, stop, it doesn't work that way. D- shut up. Like, stop thinking about it. Right. <laughs> but don't they have to put her back in 2014 at some point? Uh, not unless she's going to jump on that platform with uh, Captain America at the end of Endgame. Then uh, no, she's stuck in the future. But so why would, why would it be okay to take Gamora out of the past, have her have a bunch of adventures and never go back? to the point in time they took her from, but it's not okay to take all the infinity stones and the hammer and everything. And you have to put those back. Uh, I think by putting those back, the events that happen will happen. They have to happen that way. If Captain America doesn't put those back, then we don't get to the end of uh, end game. If Gamora doesn't go back, it doesn't really matter. But if he does, Thanos doesn't throw Gamora off the cliff, then there's no Infinity Gauntlet. Oh, shit, you're right. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, exactly. And I mean, I, it, the, that's, it's, it, it drives me insane. But at the same time, like, like I said, they flat out told us in Endgame, just stop, stop worrying about it. Right. <laughs> stop Unless about it. it's talked about in the new Doctor Strange. It's not. The only thing I can think of is it was like an alternate timeline or they created a branching timeline. I don't know. But I guess he could have thrown Nebula off instead. But I hope not. But, you know, th- that that was something that bothered me. And I don't think there really wasn't anything else that bothered me in the movie. I really liked it. But we did get some after credit scenes. So uh, what do you guys think of the after credit scenes? Wait. I don't remember. Was I know one of them was Peter and his granddad, and I couldn't hear what they were saying. So something about they the, weren't really the, saying anything. Just that, <laughs> like Peter had to go mow the lawn. Yeah, that's it. Oh, and the uh, the legendary Star Lord will return. That's right. Uh, sure, <laughs> good good for him. Uh, I that's yeah. I thought that was okay. It's good to see his granddad was supposed to be in the second movie, and they cut that scene out. So I'm like, damn. When is this actor going to get his chance to come back? So I was glad to see him come back. Um, I don't remember what the other post credit scene was. What? It was uh, Rocket has a whole new Guardians team. Oh, with, uh... yeah, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> it's oh, like, Jesus. Rocket is the leader, and he plays Come and Get Your Love, and they talk about their favorite groups, and uh, Groot is giant, and they go and save some people. What? I, yeah, sure. Well, fine. Yeah, I didn't really see anything exciting in it jesus you guys suck <laughs> okay please <laughs> enlighten me what's so exciting about a uh, new guardians team with rocket as the captain and adam warlock and giant Groot? go i don't know it's just cool to see a different team <laughs> and one of the little kids they rec- rescued is uh Phylavel, who later <gasps> becomes quasar Ooh, quasar oh my god i didn't know that i don't care <laughs> <laughs> She's a cool comic character, so it was cool to see them uh, pay that off because he's been talking about using that character for a long time. So, but yeah, I mean, it's cool. I, I like the idea of rotating teams with weird, different groups in them. So, I just don't think any of the other characters are coming back. So, no. So, did do you guys? Uh, you guys happy with the way all the characters got their ending? Uh, were you happy with Mantis going off on her own? Yeah. 
I think she'll come back like as a as a cameo in something else. But yeah. What about you, Mark? You you happy with all the endings? I guess. Uh, yeah, Mantis is gonna get her three space creatures and walk the Earth or <laughs> roam, the, <laughs> have roam, the, roam the galaxy. Sure, uh, Drax and Nebula are gonna stay on nowhere and raise a bunch of kids and animals. Uh, yeah, I guess that's fine. I guess I don't know. It, it, it doesn't seem like you know. It's not like Thanos sitting on a porch, like taking a deep breath at the end of uh, Infinity War. Like that's like a, that feels like he accomplished something. This is like uh, we got to put these characters somewhere. Let's just put them here. That's fine. Aw, I liked it when they were all dancing. Like, that was cute. But yeah, I, it, it was pretty obvious, like contractually obligated, who was going to stay and who was going to go. <laughs> yeah. So. Groot and Rocket are easy. Throw uh, Vin Diesel and uh, Bradley Cooper some money to record their lines over Skype. <laughs> I thought I think, that Dave Bautista didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah, he's he's he done. He's, he, this was the last time he's playing Drax. He already said it. Thing so. is crap. I like Jason Dave Momoa. Bautista. Come on down. <laughs> you know, there was I forgot. There is one part that I did like. One other part that I did like about this movie, out of three Guardians movies, we finally understood Groot. He finally said something where I'm like, hey, I understood what he said this time. That I thought was cool. That was nice that they put that little button at the end of it. You want, you got why that happened, though, right? Uh, because we wanted to know what he said. <laughs> <laughs> no, because uh, Gamora couldn't understand him the entire movie. And right. then when they finally became like close friends, she could understand what he was saying right before the end. Right. And then when he's in the circle telling us that he loves us because of th- three movies of that, we <laughs> right. could understand it because we are friends with him. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. <laughs> it really kind of went over like a wet fart. I, gotta, <laughs> <laughs> I liked yeah, it too. It went over my head. Everybody in the theater was like, wait, what? And then it just immediately went on to something else. You're like, what? what? <laughs> Did that just happen? <laughs> I just, I, it would have been nice if he had said something like, we are family. <laughs> <laughs> and then drove off in a car right <laughs> racing for pinks <laughs> oh my god oh i the other thing i liked was uh when rocket like died and went to heaven and saw the his animal friend <laughs> yes <laughs> they're like it's so sad it's not your time <laughs> it's like niagara falls frankie angel <laughs> oh come on <laughs> come on dude you guys were okay you guys were okay with all all the animal stuff in the movie it wasn't too much for you uh, it made me uncomfortable and sad. Maybe that's why I didn't like the movie as much as everybody else. <laughs> that was really hard for me to watch. You all right with it, Mark? You, you were able to handle it? I was totally fine with it. Again, I'm like, what, what <laughs> am I watching? Fuck them animals. <laughs> <laughs> At no, the I, end where you're like, leave them. <laughs> <laughs> like, Rocket, what are you doing? Get off the ship, man. You don't got time for this shit. <laughs> I honestly, I thought it was, it was tough. It was, it's, it was challenging, but I thought it was going to be so much worse because all the hype I had seen online about, oh, there's animal torture and it's awful. And I mean, it wasn't pleasant and his friends were supposed to be unsettling, but I, I didn't think it was anything that anybody couldn't handle. Was, I don't know. Were, <laughs> I don't know. Were you really attached to these characters, to the Warris guy and the the rabbit? I, don't know, I just felt bad. They never got to see the sky, and <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and then they finally got out, and he the she that was that scene was tough. 
they get out of the cage and uh, she gets shot. Yeah, they all <laughs> they all right happen front. to get shot except for Rocket. Yeah, she you get, she gets shot right through the chest, like right in front of him. And then he's crying. He's like, ah, and I evolutionary's like, ah, yeah. <laughs> right in front of him. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, this guy is the worst. <laughs> right, see, and and that's what I mean. The beginning of the movie, I wasn't quite sure. By the time we got to the end of it, that's when I was invested in the characters, and I actually did like, uh, I like Animal Heaven <laughs> that uh, Rocket goes to. It reminded me of I was waiting for uh, um, freaking Jane from Thor to show up, you know, pick him up. Oh god, <laughs> it's a different kind of heaven. Oh, <laughs> that would have been cool if she was taking care of them. <laughs> That's uh, that's my wife's heaven. She's spent eternity with Ildris Alba in a toga. <laughs> <laughs> but that's going to do it. We, the only thing left to do now is to give it a score. So we're going to get a score from zero to five, with five being the best and zero being the worst. Aubrey Litchfield, what do you got for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? I'm going to give it a four. After all that, best, it's a four. But it was an awful. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give it a four. In better than ant-man in your <laughs> mcu ratings is it breaking into the top 10 or you got to think about it uh yeah that's a tough one i i don't know it, it's gonna be near at least 10 all right markellis reagan's uh i'm giving it a three and a half you know again upon second watch i might enjoy it a little bit more i just i just couldn't connect to a lot of the stuff in it as compared to the second one which I was just like a mess at the end of that movie. I was a freaking blubbering mess at the end of that one. This one, I'm just like, it's good, but it doesn't feel, I don't know, there's something that isn't really grasping me. And it, maybe it's because it's like the third big sci-fi Marvel movie that's come out, you know, in the past year or so. Um, maybe I just need to see something a little bit more grounded, but I don't know. Three and a half is about as high as I can score it right now. So where's it falling in your MCU? Uh, it's not in the top 10. <laughs> There's no way it's in the top 10. I'm going to channel Kanye West right now and be like, Marcellus Reagans does not care about animal people. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, uh, sorry, guys, but I'm giving this a five Get out of five. the fuck out of here. <laughs> this is going to, we'll be talking about, I at least will be talking about this later on in the year. Uh, this has got to be one of the best movies of the year. I thought it was fucking amazing. I loved it. I had a great time. And, uh, yeah, fuck you guys. It's uh, <laughs> pretty much what it comes down to. I don't know if it's better than John Wick Chapter 4. I've got to think about that a lot. And there's a lot of year left with other movies to come out. But I really, really liked this one. It's probably going to be in my top 10 MCU. But I, I really would have to sit down and, like, look at it and make the list. So I don't, I don't know where it falls in the MCU. There's, like, 32 movies plus TV shows. I don't fucking know. So would it be better than Part 1 and Part 2? that's hard to say because i don't think this to me at least this doesn't work without part one part two mm -hmm. infinity war endgame right exactly but did you, so you didn't give... i don't i don't build up this love for these characters over nine years with those other things that were because outside of five minutes in the shitty love and thunder movie everything they've been in has been good okay yeah yeah so like I don't know. It's hard. It's so that's why it's hard for me to say, oh, yeah, the third movie is the best one because it's payoff for everything that came before. So obviously the other two movies have to be good, too. So I don't know. I, I'd have to sit down and think about it. Yeah. Yeah. OK. I was going to say, I don't remember Guardians one or two getting a five out of five from you. So no. And I love I love those movies, but I didn't I didn't give them that high a score. I just think that this one just paid off so much and 
And I think, like I said, over the last nine years, we've built up such an affinity and a love for these characters that the, they see them get their ending in this emotional movie. It was a lot. I, and I, I really liked it. So okay. maybe we got it right and maybe we got it wrong. Hit us up on social media and let us know what you think. And now we're going to wrap it up before we tap it up. Get some recommendations for the listeners out there. Aubrey Litchfield, you've been here for two weeks. You got to have something to suggest to the listeners. Uh, I recommend everybody go watch Peter Pan and Wendy on Disney Plus. Yeah, I, I haven't watched it yet, but it <laughs> it look it looks cool. Um, the cast was really exciting, so I'm gonna be watching it this week. So I recommend everybody watch it too. All right, Markellis Reagans, how about you? Uh, yeah, so I want to recommend a Netflix show, Peter Pan and Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I want to recommend a Netflix show. It's called The Night Agent. Uh, I'm I'm just starting in about about a third of the way through. Uh, it's from Sean Ryan, uh, the creator of The Shield. So it has like a I'm sold. <laughs> it's very much falls in the the uh, TV show 24 and Jack Ryan. Uh, that type of uh, an agent gets kind of thrown into the deep end of a situation that you know he's not really used to and. Uh, he can't trust anyone, but uh, the action's good. The perform the performances are good so far. Uh, like I said, I'm only a third through. It's starting to get a little like deep into the weeds, uh, but so far so good. I think it's cool. But it's on Netflix. It's called The Night Agent. All right. Well, I will suggest that you go to sowizardpodcast.com where you can find the podcast every week. Links to all our social media accounts on the right hand side of the page. Links to all our video and Patreon content as well at SoWizardPodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Good Pods, or just about anywhere under the sun you find podcasts. We will be there. Check out the aforementioned YouTube channel. There's hours of free exclusive content there. Uh, more movie reviews, unboxings, trailer reactions, interviews, tons of stuff there. So go check it out. Don't forget the Patreon where you can monetarily support the show and get extra exclusive content. It's the only place you can hear our takes on all of the news and trailers that come out like we used to do on the show we've moved that all to patreon now so if you missed that go ahead and subscribe our three dollar tier gets that extra exclusive episode every month plus our video star wars podcast and more at patreon.com backslash so is our podcast i am going to recommend a movie that i watched uh, over the weekend and it's from the creators of sewer gators which was a Movie I watched last year that we got a screener of that I was pleasantly surprised. It was very funny. And this movie is called Killer Kites. Wait a minute. Like, like let's go fly a kite, but it kills people? Yes. <laughs> okay. It's uh, it's on Amazon. It's only $2 to rent. Uh, it's very low-budget horror parody comedy movie about kites killing people. Absolutely hilarious. Maybe you won't think so. It's possible. I mean, to me, it's like my sense of humor taking form on the screen. So it's it's very funny. It's very, very irrelevant, Irrever irreverent, whatever the fuck that word is. And it's funny. And uh, it's only like an hour and five minutes long. So even if you don't like it, you, it'll be over soon. <laughs> it's not two and a half hours. <laughs> but yeah, the people that made it um, are really cool. They're really nice. Um, and they've given us screeners of their last two movies. And I really enjoy their sense of humor and what they do with the movies. It reminds me a lot of me and my friends uh, back in the day and like our sense of humor about stuff and our love of bad movies and bad horror movies and weird jokes. And, and some of the jokes are like just right in front of your face. And some of them are really subtle that you have to be paying attention to pick up on. But 
uh, it's pretty funny. So Killer Kites, it's available on Amazon Prime for $1.99 to rent. Highly suggest you watch it. And if you don't like it, you can let me know and yell at me and tell me I'm an idiot. So I also think you should watch Peter Pan and Wendy on Disney Plus, much like Aubrey said, because that, my friends, is what we will be reviewing next week on the podcast. But that is going to do it for episode number 457. I have been your host, Joey DiCarlo, and my co-host, the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield. Come and get your love. And the expert, Mr. Marquis, Markellis Rake. I am Groot. Everybody have yourself a great week and Wakanda forever. See you guys next week. Good journey. <laughs> <laughs>